Welcome to the Moses Lake Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This episode is a message brought to our church by a guest speaker. We hope that it is a blessing to you, and we would love to hear how God has used it in your life. Take your Bibles, if you would, and turn to Mark chapter 2. Pastor, thank you for the honor to be with you all this weekend. We appreciate it. And uh, I don't take it lightly getting to preach from another man's pulpit. It is an awesome responsibility for a pastor. And so I appreciate the honor that he has given me tonight, not only to sing, and, but also to preach. We have a great need. Our country is in a huge, huge upheaval. Would you not agree with me? I, this afternoon, I was watching some videos and some news reports about all the junk that's going on. And there are times, I have to tell you, when we were over around Portland last month, I was a little concerned. Uh, I didn't want to have to run over anybody trying to block the road. And uh, upset me a little bit because when I'm up in these states, I can't carry. And uh, so, you know, it, it means you've got to trust the Lord a whole lot more. But then the Lord started working on my heart, and I realized that lost people are going to act like lost people. And what they need the most that they don't see yet is they need Jesus. And you and I have an opportunity to reach people that in society may be outcast. In society, they may be unwanted people. There are a lot of folks upset across our country today. A lot are upset at our president. A lot are upset... Actually, they're more upset with themselves than anything because they're not happy and they just need the Lord. So begin with me in verse number one of Mark chapter two. And I just, I don't want to take a long time tonight, but um, I just want to give you something that's on my heart. And it's a, it's a great need today in our, in our world. And we have such a great opportunity before us that we do not want to lose this opportunity. And again, he entered into Capernaum after some days, and it was noise that he was in the house. I love that phrase. He was in the house. And straightway, many were gathered together insomuch that there was no room to receive them. No, not so much as about the door. And he preached the word unto them. If you mark in your Bible, I would encourage you to underline that phrase. We can talk about the weather. We can talk about this, the situation of the world. But what we need to do is share the word. It's so important. And they come unto him, bringing one sick of the palsy, which was born of four. And when they could not come nigh unto him for the press, they uncovered the roof where he was. And when they had broken it up, they let down the bed wherein the sick of the palsy lay. Father, we ask for direction tonight. And as we look in the rest of this passage and see this scene unfold before us, I pray tonight it might stir up our hearts. There are a lot of people around us, neighbors, people we might work with, people that we might come in contact with at Walmart or at stores around here, restaurants, people on the street, homeless. There's such a great opportunity, and Father, we need to grab a hold of that opportunity and see the need. So I ask for your help tonight, and I pray tonight that every person here would be open and receptive to your word, 
If we turn it away, we're not going to learn anything. And so we need to be receptive to your word. And I just thank you for the privilege tonight. And we thank you for this church and for the testimony it has here in Moses Lake. Father, now I pray you'll stir up our hearts. And may you be honored and glorified for we ask in Jesus' precious and holy name. Amen. Tonight we have, uh, and I appreciate Dennis back here going to be in the back, going to be our palsied man. It doesn't mean that he's um, demented or anything, even though he might be. Um, but what it means is he's playing a part tonight that I ask him to play, and because I think visuals are good for us. And uh, there are a lot of people like what he's portraying tonight that we have an opportunity to reach. And I want you to understand that this man, who was a palsied man, which means he could not walk, I don't know to what degree he could move. I have no idea what his bed was, was uh, constructed out of. There, there's a lot of things about this I don't know because contrary to popular belief, I wasn't alive back then. So you have to ask Brother Dennis Sr. He might have a better idea. Um, but, but the thing is, is what the Scripture does tell us, it tells us that this man was lying on a bed and there were four men who had concern about him. They showed compassion. And we're going to look at this in just a second, but I want us to think about how many people in going to, I believe, Peter's house, going to his house, how many people passed him by? How many people every day passed him by and had no concern about his situation? I wonder how many people we pass by every day that we, we don't even take note of their need. I'm a people watcher. I love to watch people. When, whenever we get, go to the mall, I tell my wife, just enjoy going shopping. I'm going to watch people. I'm amazed at what people, well, they're just not happy. I'm amazed at what they wear to the mall. I'm amazed about what they wear to Walmart. I don't know if you've heard this or not. It's a joke. But Walmart has put out a, a notice that because of the cold winter that they are that they are projecting for this year that Walmart shoppers wear two pairs of pajamas to shop in <laughs> instead of one. But the thing is, is that there are people you and I rub shoulders with every day around this world, around this country, and sometimes we don't see them. And for sure many times we don't see them through God's eyes. Uh, excuse me, but God loved you and I. He loves the world, does he not? The Lord, Lord recently, with all this hubdub that's going on, the Lord gave me a message out of John chapter 4 that God, to God, all lives matter. And they do. This palsied man that's laying back here, he could lay there until he died. But there were four men. Now, I want you to understand, I need four men to volunteer tonight to carry our palsied man for us. Don't, wives, don't volunteer your husband. Let him be man enough to volunteer himself. So if, if, if I could have four men just stand up for me real quick, and uh, I, if you have a week back, don't do it. All right, I need you to go back there to the back. You'll see the, uh, the blanket that's laid down there, and Dennis is laid there. Now, here's, a, here's an interesting thing. And there's something else I want us to see tonight, the importance of working together. Because uh, one, of you, one of you just try and pick that up by yourself. 
Is there, and, and answer me, would you be able to carry him up here all by yourself? You can drag him, but not carry. That would do even probably more damage to him. So here's what it's going to be. One person might be able to get him up here, but it would be a difficult time. Two people might be able to sort of carry him, but you see, when all four grab a corner and carry him up, it's much easier. So fellas, if you'll each grab your corner and carry him up here, or just place him here on the platform. Caution, wide load coming through. Make sure he makes it up here alive, please. If you'll just bring him up on the platform for me, please. And if you'll just lay him down. That wasn't quite the way I expected it. All right, fellas, thank you. Now, he's going to have to stay up here. But I'm letting you go back down. You're still in the story. You're still in this biblical account, but... I want you to know that when they came, and I had them go ahead and bring him up here for the sake of time, but when they had compassion upon him, they saw a need. To them, they knew that Jesus was in town. They knew that Jesus was in the house. They knew where he was because all four of them had compassion upon this one man. Like I said, one person might have had compassion, Two might have, but it was amazing that four men had compassion upon one man who needed their help to get him to Jesus. And as far as their concern was, they needed to get him to Jesus because there was nobody else that could heal him but Jesus. In their mind, that's why they were bringing him. They knew, how we have no idea how many doctors, the, the Bible's quiet about it, doesn't say. We have no idea how many doctors he might have been to. What, what kind of uh, diagnosis might have been made. We just know this, that this palsied man laying alongside the road, nobody else seemed to care about him but four men. So together as a team, they grabbed a hold of a corner. And I'm just going to ask you this up front because I may not remember later on. I want to ask you tonight, which corner will you grab a hold of? Because it takes everybody to work together. Within a local church, it takes local churches working together to help missionaries and to help reach people. There's some countries I'll never be, I'll not, as far as I know, that I'll never get to go to. But we have men and women who submitted themselves and surrendered themselves to God that they're going to go and take the gospel. So I have the honor of being able to support them to help them to go through our faith promise missions at our local church at, in Galesburg, Illinois, Colonial Baptist Church, our pastor, Daryl Grimm. And so this man needed somebody to care. And so these four men had compassion. There's one thing that you and I need is we need to have compassion. Here's the definition of compassion. is a mixed passion compounded by love and sorrow to lovingly pity. Compassionate, which they were, means to show mercy, merciful, having a heart that is tender Easily moved by the distress, sufferings, wants, and infirmities of others. This man needed someone to have a compassionate heart. You say you're repeating yourself. God repeats himself many times. I can't do it near as much as what he does, but I can tell you it's so important we get this. It's not just out of duty. It's because our heart is involved. 
Solomon spoke to Rehoboam in Proverbs chapter 23, verse 26, when he said, My son, give me thine heart and let thine eyes observe my ways. You and I are never going to do anything that will amount to anything at all for God until he has our heart. First, till we're his and he has our heart. When he has our heart, there'll be no problem by submitting ourselves to grab a hold of the corner of some bed or some person's life and to help bring a person who may seem like such an outcast, may not even want to have a, a thing to do with them. Maybe they stink. They haven't had a bath for a long time. No, he's okay. We don't know, but I know this. These four men saw the need. So they carried him to the house where Jesus was. This is the amazing thing. When they got there, they couldn't get in. Uh, look at it if you would. It says uh, here in verse number four, and when they could not come nigh unto him for the press. That's not talking about the newspaper or the news reels or the news reports. It's talking about so many people, there was no more room. You know what a lot of people would have done? I, I'm sad to say, I, I've, I've seen it happen in the years I pastored. Ah, well, we can't get him in the house, so we've done our part. Come on. We're like that. Well, we got him here. It'd be like, okay, we got you this far. It's up to you now. You get to do the rest. Not these four men. Let me tell you how deeply their heart was touched and how deeply God had a hold of their heart. When they couldn't get inside, they said, there's got to be another way. There's got to be another way to reach, reach Jesus and to get this man to Jesus. So as the scripture says here, they went up on the roof. And verse number four, they, they began to break it up and they let down the bed uh, where he lay. They let it down and it was is this not amazing? It was right in front of Jesus. That's a God thing. You know, sometimes we worry. Remember when Moses argued with God? I know that Moses was an Old Testament Baptist because he argued with God. And it never pays to argue with God. You say, why are you preaching this tonight? Because again, there are some people you and I need to reach, and if we don't have care about them, and we're not concerned about where they're going to spend eternity, then they probably will end up in hell. But someone needs to care. A friend of mine, when I learned this song that Jeff Gore had written, a friend of mine who pastors now, or not pastors, but is cow boss on the Cotham Ranch in Tucumcari, New Mexico, used to be on the Randolph Ranch in uh, Brewster County, Texas. And I remember, and I still have the letter that he wrote to a friend of mine who shared the letter with me. And his statement basically, let me just sum, summarize it. He said this, there are multiple cowboys and saddle makers and boot makers down here in South Texas that I can reach and I can lead them to Jesus, but we have no place to send them. The closest church is 65 miles away. He said, we need to have some place to train them some place to help them to grow. And so we tried to help start a church there, and it lasted for a couple of years until the drought hit, and then everything dried up. There's a great need, and they didn't give up. They took this man up onto the roof. Do I know how they got there? No, not really. I just know this. They knew there had to be a better way, another way to get him to Jesus. So they went up on the roof and they began to tear away the roof. 
I, in my creative mind, I begin to wonder about what the people inside thought. Can you imagine tonight if there was somebody up on the roof and they started tearing through the roof? I bet there would be some anger. I bet there would be surprise, and I would bet there would be somebody who's saying, what do they think they're doing? And you'd move out of the way because you might get some dust on you. And yet they didn't care what those inside thought. They knew what was in their heart, and they knew that the only answer was inside of that house, and that was Jesus, and he was the only hope to be able to get this man healed. So they tore away a hole. It wasn't just a little hole to look through. It was big enough to let him down on his bed, and he came down right in front of Jesus. Say, how important is that? Well, it's amazing that God directed that because I don't know that there was any blueprints on the roof to show them where Jesus was sitting. It was a God thing. But here's the amazing thing, and I want you to look at this. In verse number five, he comes down and he comes in front of Jesus. And I want you to picture this with me, all heads looking up. Even Jesus, now, Excuse me, hello, he is God in flesh. He knew what they were doing. He knew what was coming. He's not surprised by anything. Hello, what's going on in the world, God's not surprised. And he's still on his throne. He's still in control. We've got to remember, God has a plan. And that plan is for us to tell people about Jesus. And so, we see this man now there in front of him, all heads look up. And I, when I read this for the first time, saw this verse, really saw it for the first time, Jesus, when he saw their faith, he said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. Wait a minute, we're not talking about healing right now of the body. We're talking about a healing of the soul. We're talking about because of their faith. Because when they look up, this is what I see, four heads looking down. There are four men, whether they're on their knees, whether they're laying down, whatever it is, there's four heads sticking over the edge of that hole watching what's going to happen. In their mind, the reason they got him there was that he might be healed. The reason they wanted to get him there, they wanted to see this man walk again. They knew Jesus was the hope, but they got more than they bargained for. Because when Jesus saw their faith, this man was saved because of their faith. I think we ought to go to the Lord and say, Lord, increase our faith. You say, I can't reach people. Can't, never could do nothing. We can if we do it through God. God opens the doors and God gives us the words to say and God gives us the power we're with to do it. Listen, four men work together to get him to this place and now God's going to do something great and miraculous. Not only does he save his soul, but we're going to see what, what else God does. But there's something else that happens. And I, I don't know, maybe these guys up there were looking at each other going, what did he just say? What, what did he just say? Because of our faith? To them, they weren't thinking about how much their faith was. It was just their heart. But they heard that he said, thy sins be forgiven thee. They understood that part. 
But here's what happens with the religious leaders in there. <laughs> and I, if you like humor in the Bible, this is one of those spots. I love it. In their hearts, verse 6, I'll get it out. There were certain of the scribes sitting there and reasoning in their hearts. Why doth this man thus speak blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God only? And immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they so reasoned within himself, he said, let's hold off on what he said. These men in their hearts, in their minds, just like some of you are thinking tonight, I hope this guy gets done pretty quick. I mean, we think things and we think that nobody knows, but we forget God knows everything. These men were thinking in their minds, who does he think he is? Who does he think that he can forgive a man his sins? Who does he think he is? Well, Jesus heard everything. And this is where I see the humor. He heard what they were thinking. He knows what they're thinking. And now he answers them out loud. I would love to travel in time and see their faces. When Jesus said, um, Why reason ye these things in your hearts? Whether is it easier to say to the sick of the palsy, Thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, Arise and take up thy bed and walk? I wonder if maybe they started setting up and taking notice about what he's saying here. But that ye may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins. He saith to the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, Arise, and take up thy bed, and go thy way into thine house. And the next verse says, And immediately he rose up. So the first thing is, is that Jesus answers the thoughts of the religious leaders, the scribes. Those who were critical of everything that he did. Be careful you never sit in the seat of criticism. Psalm 1, it talks about, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, nor, stand, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. And I have come to this conclusion, when we stop walking with God, we're going to come to a standstill. And we are faced with a decision when we come to that standstill. Either we get back to walking with God, or we're going to sit and be scornful and critical of everything that goes on. I'm not a newbie. Been around the block a time or two. Pastored for a total of about 26, 27 years. I've seen a lot. And when I thought I'd seen everything, something else surprised me. I can't believe sometimes how people think. And how critical they can be. It's amazing what happens in the flesh. I know Pastor could. I know Brother Dennis Sr. could. I know we could tell you a lot of horror stories of what has happened from the flesh. Miss Dawn could tell you because she's a pastor's wife. And I'm telling you, sometimes the wives see a lot more. There's some things my wife never knew because I didn't tell her she didn't need to know wasn't that I didn't trust her, is that she had enough stress on her life. I'm just throwing this in. It's really not in the notes or of, of the message, but you really need to pray for your pastor and his wife and his family. Support them because they have a huge target on their back that the devil's aiming at. If he can destroy them, in essence, he can destroy your church. 
There's a whole message there, but I'm going to deal with it. I don't want you getting upset at me. Of course, I can leave town, you know. <laughs> Y'all have to stay here and deal with it. But before Dennis goes to sleep up here, he's getting comfortable, starting to breathe a little harder. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know I, I, about you. To me, this is an amazing portion of Scripture. Because when you look at the big picture, Jesus was there for a reason. It wasn't to answer the scribes and the Pharisees. It's just like in John chapter 4 when he went through, must needs go through Samaria. There was a woman there and some people who were Samaritans who were looked upon as dogs in society. Do you know there are a lot of people that are just like Dennis is portraying tonight who physically have problems and they can't get, be able to do some of the things they want to do or may want to do. And I know we have avenues today. We have live stream. We have different, different ways, uh, radio. We, you know, I mean, we had a couple in Johnson, Kansas, when I pastored there back in the days of cassettes, that after they heard a message that they liked, they would come and say, can we get five copies of that message? And they would take that cassette to their neighbors and say, would you listen to this? In a few weeks, we'll come back and talk to you about it. But there's some avenues that are even a lot faster now, and there are ways to be able to get the gospel. But there are still outcast people. This man lying in front of Jesus not only now has been saved, been given eternal life, but now Jesus, because of their thinking, he knew what he was really there for because he knew their heart, he knew their thoughts, he saw their faith, and so he said, but so that you might understand that I not only have power to save, but I have power to heal, he said, arise, take up thy bed, and walk. And immediately, you get to get up at this point, and fold up your bed. Don't leave it like you do at home. <laughs> Think about it. He's, he's been lying on his back. Who knows, maybe all of his life. And now, he's getting to walk. I think there's probably a spring to his step. And if you'll just take that bed, if you'll, my friend, if you'll just take that bed and lay it on the back chairs back there, okay? All right, thank you. And as he's leaving, I, I don't know how much room they gave him to get out. But this man walks out of the house. Now, again, I hear some things. No, not you. But I hear some clamoring of feet up on the roof. I hear some men that are moving around because all of a sudden... They, got, they, they saw something happen they wanted to see happen, and they got more because not only does this man now know the Lord, but now he who was carried to the house, lowered in his bed in front of Jesus, now gets to pick his bed up and walk out. And I think they met him outside the door, and there was a hallelujah time. There was some excitement. There were five men maybe jumping all over the place because... What they wanted to see happen, happened. I remember the first time that I met Everett Gross, who was the brother of my pastor, my preacher. He'd been praying for him for quite a long time, and I know we prayed for him. Not only Sandy and I, but Brother Gross and I prayed for Everett and Bill, his brothers. 
I know that for 33 years, from the time I met Brother Gross, he prayed for his brothers to get saved. I remember the day when my preacher called me and said, I just wanted to tell you, ever got saved. Man, that was a time to rejoice. That was a time to get excited. Listen, if a person doesn't get excited about somebody getting saved, there's something wrong in your heart. I mean, we ought to get thrilled. It ought not be like the old mossy backs, like the old cows, you know, the crooked horns and everything. They're going, yeah, just wait till they get like us. I hope they never do. I hope they retain their excitement. I hope they retain their joy. And then they want to tell, don't you know that that man and those men told everybody they saw about what Jesus had done? Is that not what we get to do as a child of God? We get to tell people what Jesus did in our life? It's like one beggar telling another beggar where to find bread. I mean, we get excited. I want to tell you about Jesus. Let me tell you what God did in my life. Let me tell you that in my life that I walked forward when I was 13 years old and, and I didn't get saved then. A man prayed for me. I didn't pray and ask God to save my soul. When, uh, finished out high school, went off to Bible college, sang with their singing group. In 1974, a tornado hit the building I was in, the job I was doing for the school. I watched the roof go off. I watched the plate glass window cave in, and I tucked my head, and it's that day that I realized I was lost. I was a church member. I was at a Bible college. I knew I was lost. But I ran from God because nobody else knew. And for a year, I ran from God. I'm so thankful for my mother. On March 18, 1975, sitting across from me at the table, said, Greg, are you really saved? I was tired of lying and tired of running. I said, no, I'm not. She opened up the Bible. She says, I know you know the verses, but let's look at them. And she showed me the Word of God. And then I got to pray. And I got to ask Jesus, forgive me of my sin, confess that, I, that he is Lord, and, and I repented of my sin and asked God to save my soul. And you know what? He did just that. I'm thankful for that. I get to share that with other people. I got to share it. I got saved on a Tuesday. Pastor asked me, my, my preacher asked me, you share your testimony on Wednesday night, would you please? I said, absolutely, because I wanted to get baptized on Wednesday night. I didn't want to wait till the next Sunday. I said, can I get baptized tomorrow night? He said, Absolutely. So I shared my testimony. Five people got saved that night, including the head deacon's wife. She had been living a lie too. It wasn't anything about me. It was all what God did because somebody cared. I'm just saying that there are a lot of people, and this is just a simple message for us to understand that really it's up to us to have the right kind of heart to reach the people. I know you're trying to reach your community but you're not going to reach it from inside your house. You got, to, you got to be willing to talk to people, to hand them a track, and just say, "Would you listen, I carry my How to Get to Heaven from Texas tracks. And people laugh about it, like some of you are smiling about it right now. I tell them, I want you to know, I'll hand it to them. I say, it really is possible to get there from Texas or any other state or country. When we used to print up our own tracks of that, we were at the Tri-State Fair in Amarillo, had a booth, and we couldn't, we had those tracks on our table. We couldn't keep them on the table. People would laugh. They'd think it was funny. They'd pick up a track and take it with them. Listen, I've only been turned down once in a Walmart 
and handing out down a track to the, the to the checker cashier. We don't know, but we need to have compassion. These these men, especially that one, don't you know he was indebted to those four men for the rest of his life? Don't you know he was indebted to Jesus? Don't you know he just couldn't keep it quiet? Those men, they didn't tell it to us so people would pat them on the back. That's where the song that Greater Vision sang and recorded many years ago, My Name is Lazarus, comes from this biblical passage. Because who knows what those men's names were? I don't know, but God does, and that's all that counts. It's not for us to get a pat on the back. It's for us to know, thank the Lord, God could use me to reach somebody for Jesus. You might have a family member. You might have a friend, a neighbor, somebody that needs to know the Lord. Invite them to come and hear your crazy preacher. I used to tell our people to do it. Just tell them that this redneck's pastoring, and you, you just got to come and hear him. You know, I don't care. It's not about me. It's about him. If we can get them there. So we'd have special days and roundup Sundays. But I'll tell you, this COVID caused a lot of men to step out of the box. A lot of churches to step out of the box. A friend of mine in this state, Brother Corey Higdon, up here at Brewster, where Brother Micah is at today. We're going to be there next month for a revival meeting. But I remember when I never would have dreamed my friend Corey Higdon would ever have a camera or a live stream inside of his church. Just didn't fit him. But he did. And let me tell you how God used it. I got a call. This was during the three and a half weeks we were home because we had three revival meetings that canceled. And so we went home, worked on the house. But he called me at 10 o'clock at night, which is 8 o'clock y'all's time here. And, of course, Brother Corey and I, we, we have a neat relationship. I said, what in the world are you calling me this late for? And we battered back and forth a little bit. And he says, but i got to just tell you what really happened. His brother in Texas was listening that night to his message on Galatians. And his brother called him and says, I heard that message tonight. I had never, ever heard that passage like that. And he said, I want you to know I got to thinking about my life. And I got to thinking I have never, ever had a change in my life. And he said, I just want you to know, Corey. I got saved tonight from Washington to his brother who listened in Texas. And God used that avenue to reach him with the gospel. It's being willing to be used of God. I'll close with this thought. God doesn't need you and I. Come on now. He doesn't need us. I'm talking about our God who hung the sun, the moon, and the stars in the sky. Our God from the earth that he created. Matter of fact, I've got, I have to send you this picture. I've, somebody sent me birthday pictures or birth pictures of Adam and Eve. There was a pile of dirt and a rib. I thought that was so good. I wish I'd have thought of that. But he reached down and he took a pile of dirt and formed mankind 
formed a man and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. Put a deep sleep upon him because he said he needs a helpmeet and took a rib and made Eve. That's our God. Our God who created man and woman. Our God who created this earth. Our God who created the world, the universe, and all the stars and the moon and the sun. Our God doesn't need us. He's powerful enough to reach people by himself. But he chooses, listen now, he chooses to use us if we are available. Pastor referred to this this morning. We have to cast out into the deep waters if we're going to catch the big fish. If you just want to catch the little ones next to the shore, okay. But there's something about tying on to a big one that's exciting. And when God reaches down and saves somebody, and you've been a part of that, it ought to be that hallelujah fit. I'm telling you, it really should. Sandy, remember when we got that call about Mr. Green out there in that motor home park? And someone said he's got cancer. And would you go out and talk to him about the Lord? And I said, sure. And we went out, and I remember as we shared the gospel with him, as we sat there, for about 45 minutes, and we shared the gospel. I said, would you like to ask Jesus Christ to save your soul? he come up in that recliner, and he said, I certainly would. And he bowed his head and asked Jesus to save his soul, and a week later, he was in heaven. Let me tell you, we left that house that night. I, I, I wasn't walking on air, but I was sure shouting inside my heart. I didn't want to scare him and have a hallelujah fit right there in the in the living room where he was at. But I'm telling you, it's something we ought to get excited about and we ought to get excited about being involved in. And just giving our money is not good enough. It's good, but it's not good enough. We need to have compassion and then put action to our compassion and grab a corner and help get somebody to Jesus. You've got a community that needs to hear the truth of God's word. And God has chosen you and I as his children. He has chosen Moses Lake Baptist Church to be that lighthouse that shares the gospel. When Jesus sat down in that house, he didn't talk about the weather. He didn't talk about all the things that he could do and everything. He preached the word unto them. And they need to hear the truth. I ask you again, what corner will you grab hold of? Thank you so much for listening to this message. If you would like further information about our church, please visit moseslakebaptistchurch.com.